Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. Thank you for joining us for Spirit Life. Uh, we'll give you a couple seconds here to hop on. Also, while we're waiting, uh, a couple quick announcements. Go to website. You can get all the information you need of where we're going to be and uh, the places we're going to minister this coming month, actually in April. Uh, we have some for the summer as well. Uh, and if you would like to have us come to where you are, to a church or a conference or uh, a place that you get together to worship God and to hear some teachings, just get us get a hold of us on our website. Again, go right there. You can hit contact, fill out the form, or you can contact the number that's on there. Either way, you can reach out to us uh, and get a hold of us. So, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministry, is going to get started. And for those of you who don't know, we also podcast uh, this uh, teaching every week. And we are getting across some territory here. So I want to give a shout out to some of the people who are watching in Belgium uh, and Nigeria. And we have people in Ghana and Pakistan, all the way to Italy, El Salvador, Honduras. We are uh, just getting across some territory, just to name a few of the places. So that's exciting, obviously, here in the States as well. Uh, so again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. We are going to get started. Open in prayer. We're going to talk about casting your anxiety on the Lord and how to do that. Oh, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the teaching. We thank you that you're opening our eyes, opening our ears. We thank you, God, that as we grow mature to what and who you called us to be, that we will find our place in you, that we'll find where we fit, that we will excel in it, we will succeed in it that God, you've given us everything we need to be successful in the kingdom where you called us to be. Help us to see your plan for our life as we venture into our calling and the anointing that you've given to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, we're going to start in verse 6. And a lot of you are familiar with this passage of verses, and I think almost everybody can relate to anxiety to some level, some degree. It says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, having cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares about you. First Peter 5, uh, verse 6 and 7. And so we're told here in Scripture to cast our anxiety on the Lord. I don't know, a lot easier said than done. And so we're going to talk about how to do that tonight. And having anxiety in itself is not that you're weak. It doesn't mean you're, you know, failing as a Christian. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Uh, because, you know, we're reading here in Scripture that we're supposed to cast our anxiety, our cares, our worries on Him. Because He cares about us. And so I'm just going to give you a couple, uh, you know, key things in your life you can do to really help you learn to cast your anxiety in the Lord. And there's teachings out there that if you know you have anxiety, if you have fear, you're low in your faith or you're weak in faith and uh, you need to just grow in your faith. And there, there is some truth that the more faith we have in the Lord, the less anxieties, the less fears we'll have. But there's also the very real uh, anxiousness from, you know, stepping out in faith. So to me, faith can overcome anxiety. We see it in the word of God very clear. And we also see that stepping out in faith can cause some anxieties. And I think one of the examples that we can all relate to, because uh, there's so many examples of in Scripture, but I just want to use one that you can really grab a hold of and kind of grasp the human part of Jesus in this as well. He's in the garden, and he's praying, 
Uh, and he's not trying to get out of the plan of God. He's not trying to get out of the will of God. We'll talk about that when we get closer to Easter. But uh, And he's in the garden. He's praying. And his sweat on his face you know, is turning to blood. He's sweating drops of blood. He's a little anxious about what's coming. His body's breaking down and literally sweating blood. And that's a real condition you can get under severe stress. And so it wasn't just a for him. You really can get that under severe stress. But I mean, it is severe, severe stress. Now, it wasn't that... Jesus was saying, I want to get out of this, or I don't want to do it. The call on his life was great, amazing. I mean, it saved you and I, so it's a big deal. Uh, and he said, not my will be done, but yours be done. And so he, we know he ended up going through with it, but he cast his anxiety, he cast his cares. And people don't say he was anxious. He passed his cares, his worry, on to the Father, and he continued to rejoice that before him. So I want to keep that in mind when I'm talking tonight about anxiety, that it may not mean that you're weak or that you're low in faith. It could be that what God's called you to do, it's a big deal. Abraham, taking his son to the altar, it's a big deal. You know, uh, building an uh, ark, it's a big deal. Uh, going to the Gentiles and the things that the disciples went through. It's not always easy following God. So we're supposed to cast our anxiety on him because he cares for us. So the number one thing uh, that I want you to, if you have pen, paper, if you're writing this down, do a little bit of a teaching here tonight. Uh, but... The first thing we have to do is we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. You cannot be a prideful person. You cannot be an arrogant person to throw your or cast. And that word cast, cast it is a, is a very strong word. So it's a throw, cast your anxiety on God. You don't hand it to him. Both hands, throw it on him. Uh, and he can take it and he can soothe you. But you got to get it off you uh, and put it in a place where it can actually be defeated and dealt with. And so we have to be humble. We've got to humble ourselves under the hand of God. We can't get so worried about when he's going to use us or this and that and when is I get. Humble yourself under the hand of God. He will promote you when he is ready to promote you. So just humble yourself. The very first thing we need to do to get rid of anxiety is humble yourself and understand he is God. You and I are not God. Christ-like is not being Christ. He is Christ. We are Christ-like. Throw your cast, you know, throw it onto him out of humility, of understanding, you know, we need a Savior, understanding I can't do this without him. And so I want you to jump with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be not anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we're going to read this in a couple different uh, translations here to, to kind of make it uh, sit with you a little different. I'm reading out the NASB, but we're going to read the NIV. And so be anxious about nothing, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so you're going to see a common theme here about don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, second thing on your list is going to be prayer. We've got to be people of prayer. Uh, but prayer with... Um, Seeking, you know, the petitioning Lord is seeking. It's a prayer with intention. It's not just prayer of, I'm going to just go pray about uh, this and that tomorrow. But you're really going to pray, believing God hears you, and you're going to pray seeking, petitioning, pushing into God with your prayer. Uh, too many of us in prayer are venting. And, and this is not a venting prayer. This is a prayer with petition. This is a prayer of purpose. This is a prayer of intent. Uh, this is a prayer that we're talking to God. You're not talking to your friend, you're not talking to your family member. You're talking to God, like you're you're praying into the throne uh, of heaven. So when you pray these kind of prayers, really pray and push. I mean, push that thing 
into heaven. So the first thing we got, God be humble. I mean, you're not going to pray if you're not humble. An arrogant person, a prideful person, they pray. Uh, but it's like the Pharisees, scribes, where Jesus said, you, you're you like whitewashed walls. You know, the outside is clean, but the inside is dirty. We got to make sure our heart's right. Then we want to pray. As in here in Philippians, we want to pray and we want to push or seek. We want to be, you know, petition God with our prayers. And we want to be a people of thankfulness. We want to thank God as we request our prayers to him. We want to be thankful that we can pray to God. We want to be thankful that we can reach out to God. We want to be thankful that God hears us. You got to be humble. We need to pray with intention. And we need to be thankful when we're praying. Too many of us don't take the time to thank God. Uh, and when you don't thank God, why is that so important? Because we, if you're thanking God, you have to recognize what God has done. Follow me with this thought for a second. You got to thank God. You're going to have to think about what he did to thank God. You understand? So you're going to say, God, thank you for the blessing. We're going to have to think about the blessing. Thank God for the job promotion. Thank God uh, for the protection. Thank God for the healing. Thank God for whatever it is that you're thanking him for is going to make you remember what God has done. Now, why is that important? Because it grows your faith. It grows your trust in God. It, you know, David said, I've killed lions. I've killed bears. I'll take this giant down Goliath. You know, I'll take him down the same he had something to connect to. When we get thankful to God, is more than just saying, I appreciate you, I'm thankful for you. It, it is the evidence of, we remember, God, you took me through this. So in my life, I just used myself, I had a 13-year, very rough time for 13 years, and God delivered me from that. And so I can pray and thank God for my deliverance. Thank God for removing that torment in my life. And when I remember that in my prayers, it stirs my prayer. You know, not that it's uh, like you need that little motivation, but it's like you start a motor and you're, you're, you're revved up now. Like your prayer is like, oh, I remember God saved me from that torment. God saved me from that time in my life. And so now I'm thanking God. You're thanking God. You're thanking God. And God, I know you took me through this. You can take me through that. And so we're praying. We're humble. We're thankful. Uh, and we're going to keep going. And uh, I could talk to you all night about the Bible and how to do this. So I'm just going to give you a couple. So I know some of you might comment, we could do this, we could do that. Amen, we can. There's so much more. We can read the Word. We can fast. We can pray. But uh, I can only cover a couple in the 30 minutes or so that we have. But uh, I want to, it turns me to Psalms 55. Psalms 55, verse 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And so, Again, we're casting that burden on God. We're, we're going with an attitude of humility, of prayer, of thankfulness. Uh, and now we're going to understand that we're righteous. And if we're righteous, we can't be shaken. God will not let or allow the righteous to be shaken. So what does it mean to be righteous? Well, in the simplest terms, it means to be right with God. It means because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are right with God. You're, you're like you never sinned, that you kept all the law your whole life. The garden never happened, so to speak. God has made you right with the Father. You are in right standing with God. To understand how important understanding righteousness is, I know I'll say it again, to understand how important understanding righteousness is, is hard for people to comprehend. Because the understanding of being righteous in God will remove almost all of Christians' anxieties. Because most of us get anxious about God because we think we failed God or we disappointed God or we let God down or we're not doing what God called us. Like, there's such a works mentality. There's such a, 
I deserve this. I, you know, I don't know. I got in situations. But the righteousness of God is not based on you. It's based on Christ, what he did for you. If we really understood the righteousness of God and understood that, we would be a lot less anxious of people. We would be uh, understanding that we stand in a position of rightness with not just Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father as well, the whole uh, Godhead. And when you got that, when you get that understanding that you are right with God, there's not a lot of things that can bring you down. There's not a lot of things that can really move you because, to be honest with you, uh, we live in a world. We live here now, but we're not the only generation. We won't be the only generation unless the Lord returns. Uh, but they all had their worries. They all had their fears. They all had all these things. And to be honest, you know, they thought it was the worst it was going to be. Like their generation was the worst. And it can't get any worse. And they had all these different uh, feelings that you and I share on a daily basis. Maybe not to the degree because technology might open up more understanding of these things that we didn't know before. The world may seem smaller now in a sense that we have news from everywhere. Uh, but there's always something or a teaching or something happening around the world that can get you off track about understanding you're right with God because we, we're we not designed to live in this planet the way we live. We're not designed. We are pilgrims. We're passing by, in other words. Our home's in heaven. And so when you really look at that, you're right with God and I have a father in heaven. I'm going to heaven when I leave this body. I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm in the righteousness of Christ. You know, you start to look at the world, everything going on it, and you know that as everything is falling apart around you, the way we see it, it would all be falling apart, you still stand right with God. Not determined by your government or what's happening or what's on the news. You're right with God. And that should bring you a peace. All is right in your world with God because of Jesus. Now that's a big one we want to keep. And we're going to keep that theme moving into Matthew chapter 6. Where I want to end with Jesus giving you the words that he's given to you and I. Uh, right out of his mouth of how to get over and what to do with our anxiousness and our worry. So Matthew 6, verse 31. Do not worry then. Oh man, if we could just do that, right? Do not worry then, saying, what are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He knows you need them. But first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided to you. Now listen to the last verse here, 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. So Jesus is not saying that your days aren't going to have trouble. He's telling you each day has enough trouble of his own. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Christians, you got to calm down and worry about just today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. I know it's hard. We always want to plan way out. Uh, and, you know, uh, if you're in ministry, you could already be thinking about Easter and what you want to do. And you'd be thinking about your summer. And, you know, we got to worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just wake up. Be thankful you have today. Be thankful God's given you today. And just rejoice in today. And don't worry so much when try not to worry at all about tomorrow. But we want to make sure that we follow the instructions leading to this. But seek first his kingdom. Write that one down. His kingdom. So we want to humble ourselves. We want to pray. Uh, we want to be thankful. We want to understand righteousness. And now we want to seek his kingdom. His kingdom is not your kingdom. His kingdom is his kingdom. That means he's the king. It's his kingdom. He's the government. It's his rule. It's everything that he says goes. Now, if you're in the will of God and you're following what he's telling you to do, it's very hard to be anxious. Very hard. 
Uh, because God's got everything covered. Your front, your back, your up, your down, your left, your right, everywhere. It's his kingdom. He is the king. Nothing happens that he doesn't know about. He's the king. And so when you put his kingdom first, you pursue his kingdom, it takes away your worry, your anxiety of the how. Because it's not your issue of the how, it's his kingdom. Your issue is the obedience to be in his kingdom. Now, he's got to provide everything, and a king will. He'll provide you everything you need. So you go in his kingdom, and you're seeking his kingdom, and you might have anxiety come on. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle that. I don't have all these worries. Stop the worry. Stop the worry. Stop the worries. And say to yourself, hold on. I'm seeking God's kingdom. I'm seeking God's kingdom. Then humble yourself and realize it's not your kingdom. It's God's. Don't make yourself bigger than you are. God is God. You are not. Pray. Pray and really pray. Have a thankfulness in your heart. Thanksgiving unto God. Be thankful for what you have. Understand I'm right in him. And you'll enter into that mindset, that understanding that you're seeking his kingdom. And just tell the king who put you in his kingdom your needs. Tell him what you need. And I mean all the way down to the basics we hear of what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, your clothing, where you're going to sleep, where the money going to come from, where, uh, how am I going to keep my kids safe, or what am I going to do about this? Tell him everything. But tell him all this stuff as you're pursuing his kingdom. Now, all of you, I believe, have a call in your life. Not the same call, different calls, different variations, all from the same place, but different graces. And so when you're out there pursuing God in the kingdom, you're going to have times where you're going to get anxious. You're going to have times where uh, you're going to feel like you don't know what you're doing or it doesn't make any sense. So where you really need to have the confidence and the faith to understand you are obedient to his kingdom. So what am I saying behind what I'm saying? Well, it's a good question. I'm glad one of you asked it. What we want to make sure we're doing is seeking his kingdom, not you seeking your kingdom saying is his kingdom. One of the greatest uh, false humility that we can do as a Christian is say, I'm following his kingdom. In actuality, you're following your kingdom uh, that you uh, have just placed under the title of his kingdom. And we really can't argue that with people. When someone says, well, God told me or God said this or God told me, you really can't argue it because to argue it would be to argue what someone believes God told them. And you can't do that really unless you're super close to somebody. Uh, but if you were that close, you probably would have that conversation before that would come up. So how do you know? How do you know if you're seeking your kingdom within that kingdom or you're seeking God's kingdom? Well, one of the evidence is, are you worried? Do you have anxiety? Are you anxious? Are you feeling like you're out of place? You, you don't know what's going on. Then most likely you're following your kingdom and you're just calling it God's kingdom. Uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I will fear no evil. Uh, valley, shadow, death, scary stuff. Why no evil? Because God is with me, right? David and Goliath, God's with them. Noah and the ark, God's with them. Abraham and his son, God's with them. Paul getting knocked down, blind at start, God's with him. Peter on the rooftop, God's with him. Uh, Peter denying God, God's with him. Thomas doubting it, but God proves it, God's with him. All the way through scripture, God's with him. The storm, the boat, disciples are freaking out, they're going to drown, God walks and he's with them. When you're in the will of God, God will always prove himself to you and calm and comfort and bring you a knowing that relieves your worry and your anxiety. Always. Because he's a good God, and it says kingdom, and he rules and reigns in there. 
even with Job, you can say in the beginning where he said, have you considered Job? So a lot of anxiety in Job. Job said, my greatest fears have come upon me. Pretty bold statement, right? We know his friends are trying to lead him away. We know uh, he's trying to deny God. And finally, God tells him and talks to him and, and reassures him. Can you grab Leviathan? Can you tie down the behemoth? Can you tell the snow? Can you? And God just starts telling them, proving he's God. He's sovereign. He's God. He's the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. There is nobody like him. And so when you're walking into the kingdom of God and you have that anxiousness come upon you or that fear try to grab a hold of you and you want to cast it on him and you're humbled and you're praying, which by the way, you would need these things to even enter into where God has called you in the kingdom to be led to his kingdom. You would already have to have the heart of Christ, the attitude of Christ. You'd have to understand righteousness to be there. But when it happens, if it happens, you just simply remind yourself, hey, this is God's kingdom. I, I'm simply a servant in this kingdom. I represent Christ. I'm an ambassador when we speak for Christ, right? And so you stir that understanding up about the kingdom of God in you and the kingdom of God around you and whose kingdom you're serving. Now, it also settles your brain like it brings you back to reality that hey you wouldn't be doing any of this if god didn't call you and you wouldn't be doing any of this if you didn't know god and you wouldn't be doing any of this without god so that's a part that some christians tend to forget as well is you're in this because you got saved because god pulled your heart because god opened your eyes because god opened your ears because god uh, called new respond and said here i am you know we don't boast in our salvation it's a grace a gift of god lest no man can boast and then we get in it and he starts making our passions, our desires, and that's where we can get anxious. And he may take things from your life, some habits, addictions that makes you anxious. You lose your crutches, right? And he replaced all that. And you have to remind yourself, all this is because you're in the kingdom of God. And if you're in the kingdom of God, then let the king satisfy all these things that you have in your life. And I mean all the way down to what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? And we wrap all this up with, uh, and his righteousness, right? Seek his righteousness. Man, I don't want to go over time here. I think I'm about 20 minutes in it. But his righteousness, you know, we are not right with God because of how good you live. No matter how good you think you live, that's not what makes you right with God. What makes you right with God is the Christ's work on the cross. Jesus' work on the cross. The Christ, the anointed one. That's what the word Christ is. The anointing, the anointing of God, Christ on the cross. His blood. His broken flesh for you and I. That is why we are righteous. We're not righteous because of anything we're doing. We can't live righteous. We can't follow the law. Nobody was able to follow the law. Nobody was ever able to follow the law. Only God is the sinless lamb. Only Jesus. Uh, God in the form of Jesus. Right. The spirit came down in the flesh. The word became flesh. Dwelled among us. That's only Jesus. None of us. No one. I don't care how great you think you live. No one. Nobody, absolutely no one, can live right without God. It's impossible. Even Jesus, when he said, uh, you're good, he said, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that is the Father in heaven. So we understand that our righteousness in God is because of God. It's not from works. It's not from how great you are. That can cause a massive amount of anxiety, a perfection mindset, a Gotta have everything right mindset. A looking around every corner and every nook and cranny that when you mess up, God's gonna come get you. Well, the fact of the matter is, some of these thoughts we have are based in truth. We do deserve punishment. We do deserve 
to have these horrible things that we may allow in our mind and go back to intrusive thoughts if you want to listen to that and help you clear up your thoughts. But uh, we may be correct in the understanding we deserve it, but Christ took it. He took all that and made us right with God. So does this give people permission to sin? You always hear us when you say, well, Jason, are you saying we can do whatever we want? We're right with God. Well, you're God's child and you're right with God because Christ has lives in you. He lives in you and that makes you right with the whole Godhead, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son. You're right with everyone. And so when I hear someone say, what does that mean I can go sin? If that's the first place your mind goes to, when you hear a preacher or someone say to you that you're right with God because of Christ, no matter it's not your works, if the first place your mind goes to is, so you're saying I can do anything I want, instead of the first place your mind going to, tears and emotion and thankfulness of what God has done in your life. I, I encourage you uh, to get alone with God and pray and really seek him because your salvation may be more emotional than an actual trans, um, transformation, uh, born again, newness in your heart. A Christian's mind, a Christian's emotion, when we hear these things in Scripture, never go to the loopholes, never go to the gray areas. We don't go to, oh, that means I'm allowed to sin. No, not at all. Where our mind goes is, thank you. Where our mind goes is, wow, what a price you paid. Where our mind goes is, I don't deserve this. This this wretched man that I am, I don't deserve this. It, it should never go to, are you saying we can sin? Are you saying, shouldn't even come to mind. Because we know that scripture tells us very clear. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And it's not a commandment of do's and don'ts. It's not a commandment of judgment. It's an act of love. Any of you in a relationship where you love someone, if you're married, if uh, you're even dating, even that can demonstrate this. If you have children, anywhere that you love something, or somebody, I should say, anywhere you love somebody, you are going to listen to them. You're not going to have to have them hammer it down into you. You're going to listen to them because you love them. You don't want to hurt them and you want to make them happy. It's not even a matter of what's the repercussions if I don't do it. It's a, I want to do it. So when you hear someone teach you and talk to you about you are righteous through Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You should not say to yourself, man, that means I can do anything I want. You should say to yourself, man, that means God loves me. God absolutely loves me. And he died for me. And I'm going to give my life by seeking his kingdom, seeking his righteousness. So what happens when you mess up? Well, that's the word you want to use there, is when you mess up. Not when you intentionally sin, not when you intentionally go the wrong way, but if you mess up. Well, Jason, you said we got to be humble. Well, when you get a prideful thing or you get a prideful attitude once in a while, and it shouldn't be forever, you should not be able to live in continuous sin as a Christian born again. You ask for forgiveness and you move on. Does God forgive you? Absolutely. Absolutely he forgives you. How many times? He tells us 70 times 7 in a day. So he's got you covered more than that. But you get right back on it. But it should never be, I'm going to intentionally be prideful or intentionally not pray or intentionally not be thankful or intentionally, I'm going to go sin because I know I'm the righteousness of God and he's going to forgive me. Now that motive of the heart, uh, you know, we don't have time to get into it all, but that just demonstrates where your heart is. And if that is your heart, if that's where you are, you are going to have anxiousness in your life. You're going to have anxiety in your life because you're at conflict with God, not people, with God. Now, you might direct that anxiety into your job. You might direct into your children. You might say it's because I got a test coming up or I'm anxious about money. But at the root of all of our worry, 
in everything we do, if we believe in the Bible, if we believe in God, and that's, that's really the great question, is if we believe the Bible and if we believe in God, the cause of all of that is that we are not seeking his kingdom. We are not seeking his righteousness. Because if we did, we'll take no thought about tomorrow. We won't worry about what we eat, what we drink. We won't worry about if our kids are going to go right or bad or if God sends the right spouse or this or that or a job. God will take care of you. The righteous will not. Let me get back to that verse here. The righteous will not be shaken. Never. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And so if you're shaken tonight, if you're anxious tonight, if you got things going on, don't count yourself as weak or less, but count yourself into the categories of, am I being humble? Am I praying? Am I earnestly praying? Am I being thankful? Uh, am I understanding righteousness? Am I seeking the kingdom of God? Am I pursuing his righteousness? Now, these things are so vital for you to get a clear mind and clear heart and clear thoughts to go out and use your gifts. You know, spirit life is so we can give tools for you to accomplish what God's called you to do. Uh, we'll get into prophecy and signs and wonders and healings and deliverance and uh, we'll get into all these great topics and they're coming. We got a lot of exciting things that God has been releasing on my heart to be sharing with all of you. But we've got to start with a foundation that we understand these obstacles and how to live. That's why the intrusive thoughts and that's why you know the perspectives that are not true. And that's why we talk about tonight how to get rid of anxiety. And we're going to keep building on these. And so I encourage you to listen to them. But we're going to build on these until we have a strong foundation. And then we're going to step into using our gifts and how to operate in the gifts. We want to make sure we're not getting deceived. We want to make sure we don't find, uh, you know, strange fire. We want Holy Spirit fire, not strange fire. We want to make sure we're not following the doctrine of demons. Now, all these things come from a person whose heart has been trained and prepared. Your attitude, it lines up to the word and the will of God and seeking the kingdom, seeking his righteousness, getting your thoughts under control, getting your perspectives under control, getting your realities under control, understanding who God is, finding these things out in your life are so critical for the success of your gifting and your anointing as through Christ to be effective when you lay hands on people and pray, to be effective when you give a word, to be effective for blind eyes and deaf ears. There's more behind the scenes than the operations of the gifts and what we would just throw out there uh, maybe on a very shallow example in a conference. I'm not, not knocking a conference, just saying sometimes we don't get into the, the meat and the potatoes behind it, you know, this stuff, where we really need to understand and I, I want to leave you with this thought. You look at Jesus. He was uh, fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He's in a wilderness. The enemy came to tempt him. He tried to tempt him three times. Uh, and he left him at the end. He said he looked for a more opportune time. So the enemy never gave up trying to get Jesus off track. He's never going to give up trying to get you off track. And First Peter, when we very started this tonight, in, verse, uh, in chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, be a sober spirit is verse 8. This is where the verse a lot of people quote. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So resist him. Firm in your faith. And so we need to learn that this is a constant thing that's going to happen in your life where the enemy tries to throw these. Just because you have signs and wonders, just because you have healings, deliverance, just because you can prophesy, doesn't mean that the enemy is going to let up on you. 
The enemy increased against Jesus as he did more signs and wonders and read through your Gospels until uh, eventually, you know, in Judas, he betrayed him. And we know the story very well, and we'll get into it again later or closer to Easter. Uh, but we, we want to make sure that you're understanding the importance of a foundation because signs and wonders and moving in the gifts of the Spirit will not replace the foundation we all need when a thought pops in your head, the anxiety pops in your heart or in your head, the thoughts coming, the, the memories of your childhood, how you perceive God. This stuff is so valuable to learn and so important to be successful. I hope you take the time and listen to it again and again and again and really let God speak to you. Don't hear these podcasts or these live. Uh, if you're watching, however you're watching, just listen to it one time and say, oh, I got it. Oh, this is years and years and years of you know doing this with God and I wish I could tell you I've arrived I'm not as Paul said I'm not preaching as one that arrived but I'm still pressing towards the high call that's in God and my hope and my prayer is by the time I go home I master at least some of these uh, so you know I think that's realistic all of them is a little bit overachieving but at least some of them would be nice and so take time spend it with God we'll get to all the good stuff but just remember the children of Egypt all the signs and wonders that they saw all the things that they went through they still end up making a golden calf. They still ended up making a golden calf. It's hard to really believe that all the things they saw, they would end up making a golden calf. And so I'll leave you with this thought and I close. And Aaron will always get you into it. But it takes a Moses to get you out. And what do I mean by that? Aaron was experiencing feelings and what makes you feel good. And Moses was coming down the mountain with the Ten Commandments that build foundation. We need foundation before we operate in the gifts so we finish the race amen i hope this blessed you tonight uh, share the video comment where you're watching from and again uh it's interesting to see our podcast reaching all these different places it's amazing thank you for that uh, you want to support the ministry just click the tab right there and go under partners you can partner with us you can give donation one time set up monthly we always appreciate your help and sharing the videos thank you if you're in the area uh, i'll be in Windsor tomorrow for prayer, uh, power prayer and Friday. And so come join us if you're here. If not, watch us live. The prayer won't be live, but the Friday prophetic service will be. Let me pray with you. Uh, and uh, I bless all of you with a good night. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you that it would dig deep into our heart, that you would let it help us with our anxiousness and learn how to cast it upon you, that you would help us, Father, to Get a foundation firm, deep rooted in you, that our roots would be deep in good soil. That when we move in the gifts, we move in the operation of those gifts, we won't get messed up. We won't be a flash in a pan that will finish the race towards that high call that's in you. We, we all pray for that high call to be a part of our life. So, Father, we thank you tonight for teaching us how to cast our anxieties on you. In Jesus' name we pray, anyone struggling tonight with fear or anxieties, that you would break that thing off them. If it's a spirit of fear, God, that you would break that off them. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And we pray tonight, Father, that your presence, your anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage would be strong in the believer's life who's listening to this, watching us, and that they would have a testimony of deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Again, thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. Uh, check out the website for all the information. And uh, thanks for tuning in. God bless. God bless. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.